Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Barry de Menchenretta lived in a monastery loved by monks whose names have been lost to time. For ease of understanding, we've used pseudonyms throughout this episode. The winter of 1806 had been long and dark. Even for the mountain peaks of Switzerland, the icy wind was unrelenting. The young monk, Father Nicholas, felt every bit of it as he trudged through the snow. The lone bright spot was Barry, his faithful alpine mastiff, leading the way toward the fires of home. As Barry cleared a deep snowdrift, he stopped in his tracks, his ears pricked. Something was amiss. By the time Father Nicholas heard the rumble of the avalanche, it was too late. There was no escaping the giant wall of snow cascading down the mountainside. But then, a miracle. The danger rolled to a stop just short of their backs. Nicholas broke for home, adrenaline rushing through his veins. Barry didn't come with him. He was still standing there, rooted in place. Father Nicholas's elation turned to dread. It wasn't because Barry was signaling another avalanche. The monk knew the dog well and what this demeanor meant. There were people out there who needed help. And Barry wouldn't come home until they were all safe. Welcome to Dog Tales, a podcast original. Every week, we tell the stories of historic, heroic canines. We'll profile dogs who saved people from earthquakes, went to outer space, and even spurred the invention of Velcro. If you're looking for fun stories and a warm heart, you're barking up the right tree. I'm your host, Alastair. You can find episodes of Dog Tales and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. To stream Dog Tales for free on Spotify, just open the app and type Dog Tales in the search bar. At Parcast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. 
let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. This week, we're telling the story of Barry de Menschenretter. This heroic search and rescue dog was said to have saved more than 40 lives from the treacherous mountain trails of Germany and Switzerland in the early 1800s. His amazing feats earned him fame, adoration, his own museum, and the honorable moniker Barry de Menschenretter. Translated to English, Barry, the People Rescuer. Many have called Barry the most courageous rescue animal in history. For centuries, he shined as a symbol of loyalty and kindness. But if you haven't heard of Barry Dementionretta, maybe it's because the outsized myth of the dog has eclipsed the reality of the animal itself. Barry was born in 1800 at the hospice of the great Saint Bernard in Switzerland. He was not the first search-and-rescue dog born to this particular monastery. In fact, local dogs were bred for it, and with good reason. The Great St. Bernard Hospice was located 8,000 feet above sea level. It was nestled on the ridge between the two highest mountains of the Swiss Alps, Mont Blanc and Monte Rosa. The terrain was unforgiving. Steep slopes, icy rivers, snow as deep as 32 feet, temperatures that could drop below negative 22 degrees Fahrenheit. These are the conditions Barry and his fellow rescuers needed to train for as they came of age at the St. Bernard Hospice. They were maintaining a proud tradition. The great St. Bernard Hospice was founded for travelers in 1049 by a monk named Bernard de Montant. Despite the precarious conditions, traffic along the pass was consistently high due to French and German pilgrims traveling to Rome. Bernard of Montan took it upon himself to safeguard anyone who lost their way. For his efforts, Bernard of Montan was eventually named the patron saint of the Alps. His hospice served as a beacon in the darkness for the wayward traveler over hundreds of years. And when well-trained herding dogs were integrated into the age-old mission of St. Bernard, the legend of the hospice only grew. So when Barry was born, he had a legacy to live up to. But there was no guarantee he'd grow up to be a successful rescue dog. Young Barry was sturdy, but at somewhere between 88 and 99 pounds, he was small for his breed. From the time he was a puppy, Barry shared a home with as many as 14 other alpine mastiffs. The rescue dogs congregated in a large stone barn whose straw-lined walls insulated them from chilly mountain temperatures. The pack of puppies spent most of the day burrowed in the straw. They would only emerge when a caretaker brought a bucket of food, popping out like a supersized game of whack-a-mole. However, there was no need to tap these playful creatures with a padded mallet. They were gentle and kind. There was something about their breed that seemed self-aware about its own strength. Barry was particularly affectionate. When interacting with the monks at the hospice, he liked to take their arm in his mouth and wiggle it up and down, almost like he was trying to shake hands. Barry's sunny disposition made him a hospice favorite 
and according to one story, this behavior was more than a fun little quirk. One evening, a group of travelers arrived at the great St. Bernard Hospice to stay the night. The men carried pistols, and their bags were loaded down with coins. The monks suspected the men were involved in unsavory business, but they also took the hospice's reputation as a safe haven extremely seriously. Despite their reservations, the abbot invited the men to dinner. Unfortunately, their good deed did not go unpunished. After the meal, the men drew their guns and ordered the monks to empty the hospice's coffers. Remaining calm, the abbot assured the thieves he would lead them to their money. Once outside, he pointed them in the direction of the stone barn. The thieves pulled open the doors and... 14 barking mastiff puppies leapt out of the straw like a payoff to a magic trick. They jumped, they growled, they barked. Barry grabbed one of the robber's arms and shook it just as he'd done with the caretakers so many times before. The thieves were spooked. They didn't know Barry was just saying hi. As the robbers fled on horseback, the monks showered Barry with affection. Barry shook their hands, eager to continue playing. He had no idea that he was a hero. At least, that's the story. As with anyone who does great things, man or beast, sometimes the legend shines brighter than the truth. Davy Crockett likely did not kill a bear when he was only three. George Washington probably lied on more than one occasion, and many tales of Barry the People Rescuer may not hold up to scrutiny. Barry lived for 14 years, high in the mountains with 12 monks who passed down stories of his exploits. Over time, myth commingled with the truth, and out came an unstoppable symbol of hope and loyalty. But regardless of whether or not there's rock-solid evidence for every one of Barry's heroic deeds, one truth is indisputable. The dog was very good at his job. It all started with his training. And at the great St. Bernard Hospice, it was all about the nose. A honed sense of smell could be the difference between life or death in the frozen pass. The dogs needed to be trained to harness that sense and use it to find people in danger as precious minutes ticked away. Barry's training regime began on his first birthday, sometime in 1801, and he took to the process like a dog to a bone. To start, Barry and the other 14 dogs were ushered out of their cozy, straw-filled barn to romp around in the snow for three hours a day. It was important they get used to the feel of snow and, more importantly, the smells hidden inside it. During the training, the monks would bury themselves in the snow. They waited for Barry or one of the other dogs to sniff them out and dig them up. Most of the time, Barry discovered the hidden monks first. He did it with a smile, playfully digging out his hidden assignment, then licking their face once his target was uncovered. The monks often pretended they were freezing to death, so Barry kept on licking their faces, intent on keeping them warm. The normally stoic monks would erupt into laughter, swept away by the big dog's enthusiasm. 
After six months of training, when the truly severe weather enveloped the St. Bernard Pass, Barry was finally ready to accompany his trainers on rescue missions. Over time, Barry and his fellow search and rescue pups had developed an expertise in sensing human beings beneath the snow. But Barry's nose seemed to be even more sensitive than the other dogs at the Great St. Bernard Hospice. He showed an immediate aptitude for guiding travelers and tracking down pilgrims who got into trouble. Barry and his handler had a regular routine. Every day, they walked down the mountain to a small stone hut at the side of the trail. If there were lost or disoriented travelers waiting there, one of the guide dogs would escort them up the trail to safety. Barry was always an able companion. His speed and sense of smell proved extremely valuable. Avalanches came without notice and often buried their victims. Failed to find the unfortunate traveler in time, they could suffocate. Uncover them a beat too late, they could freeze to death in the snow. The monks at St. Bernard's needed any advantage they could get. Barry was that advantage. It was in times of emergency when Barry shined brightest. When times got tough, many of his companions gave up, retreating to the warm safety of the straw-filled barn. Not Barry. Any time there was a dangerous avalanche, Barry was the first dog to locate the buried victims. And when he arrived on site, Barry was the quickest to dig them up. He treated every traveler like a friend and never tired of trying to warm them up. By the end of his first winter, it was obvious Barry was the most gifted rescue dog in the hospice. Winters came and went as Barry continued to stand out amongst the dogs at Great St. Bernard. But when Barry turned six, his true test arrived. Up next, Barry faces the worst winter the Great Bernard Hospice had ever seen. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now, back to the story. Every hero has a story where their skills and determination meet the magnitude of the moment. Elliot Ness going toe-to-toe with Al Capone. Babe Ruth pointing to center field and calling his shot. Daniel Boone cheating death in his coonskin cap. The terrible winter of 1806 was such a moment for Barry der Menschenretter. 
It was one of the most brutal winters the great St. Bernard Hospice had ever experienced. The dogs undertook a record number of retrieval missions, one or more a day by some counts. Half of Barry's Alpine Mastiff brethren were lost trying to rescue travelers. As the blizzards got more intense, several monks were killed as well. Even Barry couldn't save them. For perhaps the first time, the hospice felt like a place of sadness instead of a cradle of hope. The misery was so pervasive, a dog couldn't hide from it in the deep hay of his barn. And then, things got worse. One particularly cold and brittle night, Barry and his young handler, Father Nicholas, were heading home after a long, tiring day. The winter was wearing on them both. The mountain peaks were camouflaged in the cover of night. Neither man nor dog could see into all-encompassing darkness or spot what was coming. But Barry could hear it a tumultuous avalanche rolling down the mountainside. The runaway disaster cannonballed toward them, certain to bury the two alive. Once Father Nicholas heard it, his instinct kicked in. He fell to his knees, pulled Barry close, and shielded the dog with his body. The ice and snow rushed towards their backs like frozen whitewater rapids. They were seconds away from their demise. But perhaps Saint Bernard de Montan was watching over them. The two made their home in a place of miracles. And now, a genuine miracle occurred. The drifting snow and ice stopped just short of them. It was close, but they were alive. Unfortunately, the other monks of the hospice didn't know this. Surely they'd heard the thunderous roar of the avalanche, and surely they'd thought the worse. They likely assumed the winter of death had claimed two more of their friends. Father Nicholas bolted towards the hospice. He needed to alert the others that he and Barry were all right, or else they might come looking for them, risking further danger. As he ran, the monk noticed something unfamiliar, the absence of loyal paws running alongside him. Father Nicholas looked back. Barry was standing stock still, his eyes trained to a far-off point. The monk's heart sank. Although he and Barry had escaped the avalanche's wrath, others hadn't been so lucky. Time was of the essence. But there was nothing Father Nicholas could do. Night was not kind to people caught out after dark. There was no way the monk would survive a rescue attempt. It was all up to Barry. The moment the sun rose, a team of five monks set out to find their loyal canine. Hoping against hope, Father Nicholas led his companions to the spot where he'd last seen Barry. But he wasn't there, and the wind had buried his tracks. The bravest dog at the great St. Bernard Hospice was gone, and they didn't even have Barry to find him. The five monks searched for Barry all day long with nothing but snow and sadness to show for it. But they refused to give up. 
Barry would never abandon them, and they would never abandon him either. The next day, they redoubled their efforts. Even as the temperatures plummeted below zero, Father Nicholas kept shouting the dog's name. Still no sign of Barry. When the sun set on the second day, they headed back to the hospice, drained and inconsolable. It seemed like Barry had met his end doing what he did best, helping others. On the third day, those at the hospice went on with their duties, albeit sadly. That evening, Father Nicholas went to the kitchen to prepare dinner for the remaining dogs. He steeled himself as he headed out to the stone barn, certain he'd be overcome with emotion when he felt how empty it was without his friend. Then he saw something emerge from the shadows. Something so unbelievable. At first, he thought it was a trick of the light. It was Barry. Some way, somehow, it was Barry. And that wasn't even the most miraculous part. A woman's shawl was affixed to Barry's chest, and there was a small boy wrapped inside it. Father Nicholas rushed to the rescue. The little boy wasn't breathing, but the monk wasn't going to let Barry's heroism go to waste. He breathed air into the child's lungs and covered the child's arms in a balm of snow to get his blood moving again. After a long, tense moment, the boy stirred. He was alive. Barry had done his duty. But he was exhausted beyond measure. Father Nicholas gingerly led him to the warm barn, hoping to nurse his companion back to full strength. That night, Nicholas fed Barry by hand. The big dog was so worn out he could barely chew. But as he collapsed into his straw bed, Barry took the young monk's arm in his jaws and gave it a little shake. He was going to be okay. Several days later, the boy's mother was found on the brink of death. She told the monks that she'd been too weak to walk when Barry originally found her and her son. She had just enough in her to tie the child to Barry's back with her shawl before her strength gave out. It was the cherry on the Sunday of Barry's legend. Even Saint Bernard of Monton would have been impressed. Barry the dog who single-handedly braved sub-zero temperatures to rescue a child, then delivered him to a band of monks on his back. But was it true? Many have argued that while Barry was certainly an excellent rescue dog, he might have also served as a bit of an educational fable. People were inspired by him, so his feats may have been exaggerated over time. They wanted to believe this mythic courage and kindness were possible. In the words of Michael Keller, vice director of Bern Tourism in Switzerland, Barry's story is a great one. Running around the mountains, saving people, he's giving hope to everybody. Exaggerated or not, this legendary rescue was long remembered. Like Benjamin Franklin and his kite in a lightning storm, or Johnny Appleseed planting orchards with a pet wolf by his side. Barry de Menchenretta's legend grew larger than life. 
Story after story of courage and kindness collected with each passing year. Barry saved the passengers of an overturned carriage that had pitched into a ravine. Barry tracked and rescued a fallen pilgrim in a complete whiteout. Barry laid atop a frozen traveler and warmed his body back to consciousness. Barry sported a saddle pack with bread and water to feed the hungry wherever he roamed. Barry de Menchenretter truly was the people rescuer. Of course, they weren't all tales of glorious victory. In 1809, three years after the famous child rescue, one of the monks in the hospice, Father John, got lost in a blizzard. The abbot turned to Barry and said, Find your master. Barry found him, buried under the snow. The hero dog dug as hard as he could, but he wasn't quick enough to save Father John. No matter how much Barry licked his face, his friend wouldn't wake up. It was the dog's first defeat and the first sign that his skills were declining. Three more years passed. In 1812, the snow fell early, coming that October. Like the flakes falling in the courtyard, the hair on Barry's head had begun to turn white. He was 12 years old. His back, ramrod straight when sniffing out people in danger, had begun to sag. Undeterred, Barry still bound into the snow with the younger dogs when it came time to do his duty. But the harsh winters had become too grueling for a dog in his later years. More often than not, the monks kept Barry inside by the fire where it was warmer. He'd earned a rest. Barry had saved more than 40 lives, a record for the hospice. But before he was fully retired, the monks received a visitor. The hour was late as two monks, Father Roger and Father Conrad, moved through the dark hallway to answer the door, a sleepy Barry trailing behind them. A young boy stood on the steps, shivering in the biting autumn wind. He was distraught, he could barely speak. Roger and Conrad invited the boy into their warm kitchen, attempting to calm him down. Once he settled down, the boy, who we'll call Albert, told the monks that his older brother Julian was lost in the wilderness. Three days earlier, Julian had been inducted into the army. Afraid to fight, he ran away from home with only a thin jacket, an old loaf of bread and a jackknife. Julian had yet to return home, and the weather was getting worse. Their sick mother, fearing her elder son was lost, instructed her younger son to visit the hospice and seek the monks' help. Father Conrad and Father Roger summoned their brothers and darted to the barn to rouse the sleeping rescue dogs. Eight monks and six dogs set out into the storm, following the trail of the missing young man. Barry was left behind in the kitchen. He'd already given everything he had to the mountains. But Barry couldn't let his friends go on alone. The elderly dog found an open door and charged out after the search party. He still had one last mission in him. When we return, Barry races through wind and snow 
for a final rescue. This episode is brought to you by Etsy. Sound the gifting panic alarm. You need to get an amazing gift. Wait, no, the perfect gift. Relax. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting, so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click gift mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com. Then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And gift mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner or a birthday present for the pickleballer, gift mode has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And now, back to our story. In the late fall of 1812, a young boy, Albert, asked the monks of St. Bernard Hospice to help him find his missing brother, Julian. The search and rescue team departed at once, leaving 12-year-old Alpine Mastiff Barry to stay warm by the fire. But the elderly dog refused to be left behind. The monks and the younger dogs spread out across the mountain, hoping to catch the missing man's scent. They carried long sticks, poking them deep in the snow in case he'd been buried. Barry was a ways behind them, gaining quickly but instinct drove him to take a route lower on the mountain slope. Barry moved along the slope efficiently, his nose pressed close to the snow. He'd sought out the missing so many times before. He'd been saving lives for almost all of his own. Many of the dogs on patrol that day were his sons and daughters. He was the definition of a grizzled veteran. There was no challenge he hadn't faced. Suddenly, Barry stopped in the snow much as he did before the fateful avalanche during the winter of 1806. His ears pricked up. He stared off into the distance. And then, in a flash, he galloped down the hillside. The other monks heard his bark and quickly followed. Barry raced toward a snow-covered clump of pines. His speed picked up as he darted into the shadows. Could it be? Had Barry, the people rescuer, done it once more? Suddenly, the monks heard a frightened voice cry out, Bear! They turned the corner and found the missing young man shivering, wide-eyed. He held a blood-stained knife in his hand. A wounded Barry lay at his feet. He'd mistaken the Alpine Mastiff for a dangerous bear. More than one monk fell to his knees. The rescuer needed rescuing, and time was of the essence. The monks carried both Barry and Julian to the hospice on stretchers. After the scared soldier's defensive attack, Barry had puncture wounds in his side and neck. The monks cleaned and bandaged his injuries. They watched over him through the night, working in shifts so he wouldn't be alone. The dog 
lay motionless all night and through the next day. On the second night, Father Nicholas sat with the old dog's head in his lap. Barry's eyes fluttered open for the first time since he'd been wounded. His tail gave a small wag. His jaw opened ever so slightly, softly clasped down on Father Nicholas's arm and gave it a weak but loving shake. Then, Barry Dementionretter was gone. Or so the story goes. When a hero lives as large as Barry, it's tempting to assign him a death that measures up to his lofty reputation. Superman died battling Doomsday with Earth's fate hanging in the balance, not quietly in his sleep at a metropolis retirement home. In the words of Mark Nussbaumer, a consultant at the Bern Natural History Museum, when you're a saint or a famous person, your death has to be something special. You can't just die in bed. So while it's possible that Barry was wounded in his final rescue mission, historians have documented that he actually died in Bern, Switzerland, more than 100 miles away from the ice and snow of the St. Bernard Pass. Graying and a bit round, his great deeds behind him, Barry enjoyed a noble but easy retirement surrounded by loving admirers. He passed away in 1814, at the age of 14. Perhaps not the dramatic end storytellers ascribe to him, but a farewell deserving of a hero nonetheless. Regardless of how and when he passed away, Barry's legend grew well beyond his death. A year after he died, a taxidermist stuffed him for display. Two years after his death, tales of his courage were still traveling the world. In 1816, Friedrich Meisner, a professor of natural history in Bern, wrote, I find it comforting to think this faithful dog who saved the lives of so many will not be quickly forgotten after his death. The words proved prophetic. Barry's story, though exaggerated to the height of folklore in parts, is still very much remembered. For a hundred years, the monks at the great St. Bernard Hospice retired the name Barry in his honor. But as his legend grew further, they took a different course. The hospice named the most big-hearted dog in the pack Barry. Henceforth, there would always be a Barry in the St. Bernard Pass. Poems, children's books, and even movies followed, cementing the famous dog's historic bravery but redrawing it in larger-than-life proportions. In 1900, more than 86 years after Barry's demise, a statue was erected in Paris at a dog cemetery. The inscription read, Barry the Saint Bernard. He saved the lives of 40 people. He was killed by the 41st. Barry's history was mythologized and exaggerated even when the record keepers wrote in stone. Through it all, the stuffed version of Barry stood at attention in the Museum of Bern. But even the stuffed version wasn't immune to revisionist history. Barry didn't resemble the classic Saint Bernard we've come to know in paintings, movies, and cartoons. He was smaller. His breed had a different coloring, a slightly different shaped head, 
In fact, as early as the 1820s, Barry's breed of alpine mastiff had all but been eliminated by rescue wear and tear. To create a stronger rescue dog, the monks crossed Barry's breed with Newfoundland's massive 150-pound working dogs. The thought was that their extra size would make the new dogs more durable. Unfortunately, these hulking hybrids had reduced stamina and were prone to giant clumps of snow in their fur. In reality, the fluffy, gentle giants we associate with alpine rescue couldn't even hack it in the field. A savvy breeder noticed, however, that while the dogs weren't too keen at rescue, they did have a kind and loving temperament. So in 1880, the enterprising man registered the breed with the Swiss Kennel Club. He named them for the kind and loving saint who worried after lost souls in a snowy mountaintop, Saint Bernard. A big, loping dog with a head the size of a bowling ball who lived to please its owner, but possessed no practical skill set. They became extremely popular. So popular that the curators at the museum where Barry was displayed decided to turn him into one. Over the years, they shaved the bone in Barry's skull, stretched out his skin, and tied a small wooden barrel around his neck, trying to match the vision of Barry people held in their mind's eye. He was given a makeover to better resemble the more familiar breed he inspired, right down to the cask of life-saving brandy strapped to his neck, a final bit of flourish based on yet another myth, the body-warming properties of alcohol. The stereotype of the keg around the collar came largely from an 1831 painting titled Alpine Mastiffs Reanimating a Distressed Traveler. In reality, no dog ever traipsed through a blizzard with brandy around its neck like a 70-proof bow tie. So it seems the dogs we most associate with Barry were not like Barry at all. The dogs presented as Barry-like to the public no longer engage in Barry-like feats. Although avalanche rescue dogs still exist at the Great St. Bernard Hospice, their work is now primarily conducted by a helicopter. And yet the question remains, why is Barry the St. Bernard so popular? Why do thousands of tourists flock to the Museum of Bern to get their photos taken with a stuffed dog more than 200 years after he died? Why do parents still read their children the story of Barry, the bravest Saint Bernard? Perhaps it's not about evidence of great feats or a verified tally of mountain rescues. Maybe we simply like to be reminded that on a cold, dark night, a part of us can look into a dog's eyes and believe that everything's going to be all right. Thanks for listening to Dog Tales. For more information about the legend and reality of Barry Dimensionretter, we found Barry, the bravest Saint Bernard by Lynn Hall, especially helpful to our research. Every dog has his day, and our day is Mondays. We'll be back then with a new episode. You can find more episodes of Dog Tales and all other podcast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, 
but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite podcast originals, like Dog Tales, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Dog Tales on Spotify, just open the app and type Dog Tales in the search bar. Several of you have asked how to help us. If you enjoy the show, the best way to help is to leave a five-star review. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. Join us next week for another good story about a good dog. Dog Tales was created by Max Cutler and is a Parcast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Trent Williamson, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Aaron Larson. This episode of Dog Tales was written by Matt Flanagan with writing assistance by Maggie Admire. I'm Alastair Murden.